Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24-7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on-demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All right, everybody. Welcome to this session of the Latchel Property Management Podcast. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel, and I'm here with our guest today, Jen Schultz, founder and leader of the Non 9 to 5, a company that helps women leave their 9 to 5 lives and launch their own businesses. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of property managers in the audience listening to this that are thinking about starting their own management companies. We may even have people at tech companies going into property management thinking of starting their own companies. So Jen, I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, we're going to be talking about company mission today and the number one step to staying with your business mission over time. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited and super excited to, to dive in and sit and share and talk about all things non nine to five. <laughs> and a great teaser for everyone that's still listening, which I'm sure all of you are. Uh, Jen is actually going to share an awesome gift with everybody, an exclusive discount for you guys. So like stay tuned through the show, wait for her to give you that gift. Um, but Jen, let's start with an elevator pitch. Give us sort of like the the high level of what the non nine to five is and what you do for your clients. Yeah. So at the core of it, um, the work that I do at the non nine to five is coaching and teaching high level and highly motivated women how to quit their nine to five jobs and create successful self employment with uh, sustainable businesses. So that's the short of it. <laughs> and um, I have created a six step process over my uh, a little bit over 10 and a half years of being successfully self-employed myself. And the six step process I've created is all from my personal experience in the trenches of going from being an employee, never having my own business to taking steps to start my own business without any formal business training, no MBA, nothing like that. Um, and and at the non nine to five, we have um, various programs that women can join. And I should actually share also. So my, my business is um, predominantly filled with women clients. But if you're a man, we do not discriminate. You can absolutely join us for sure. Uh, but and basically, I bring women through these six steps. They work one on one with me. We also have an amazing, beautiful, uh, aligned, sacred community of women who are coming together who know that they're meant to be on the path of 
the non nine to five and create again sustainable, um, successful businesses. I'm always super fascinated by how founding stories so often connect to like how that like founder went through some journey to realize like some service or product was needed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said about 10 and a half years ago, you went on this journey to yourself, leave that nine to five, start your own business. I'd love to hear like about that journey. Like tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, that was definitely a journey for sure. And, and I still kind of, there are days I go, I can't believe that this is where I am now. And that's where I was 10 and a half or so years ago. So um, I can bring us back to towards the end of 2010. Um, and we're in about August now of 2021. So it was probably around August of 2010. Um, I started to basically fall into a depression. Hmm. And I was also a teacher at a very high performing, rigorous charter school in the South Bronx in New York City. I was waking up at five o'clock in the morning, usually not getting home anywhere until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. I, um, yeah, it was a lot. And I really love the students that I worked with. I loved being a teacher, but something was not right uh, with inside of me and, and how I was experiencing my teaching career at that time. There were a lot of things such as, you know, my, my commute was really, was really brutal. Um, the hours that I had to get up and then get to the school and then would get home by was really brutal. Um, the school was definitely very rigorous, very high performing, like I shared a minute ago. And um, there was a lot that, that was expected of me. And for me, that felt really brutal. And I just started going into a, a deep, dark place. And I'd say, so, I, so starting August, September, October, November, I mean, just depression, insomnia, not sleeping at all, having to take sleeping medication, going on antidepressants, like you name it. I was trying to fix whatever was going on with me. At this same time, I was getting this uh, intuitive message, if you will, this little nudge inside of me that was saying, you're meant to go out on your own and teach outside of the typical classroom, the education system, all of that. Um, you're meant to do this on your own terms. And I thought that was crazy. I was like, well, that's impossible. There's no way I could actually do that. Because if you're gonna teach, you're gonna be in a classroom, right? However, I was open to this idea. I had this sort of open energy, a bit of this uh, willing energy. In December of that year, uh, I walked in on a Monday morning and I gave two weeks notice. And I didn't exactly know where I was going or what I was doing, but I got to the point where my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health um, was just completely shop. And I knew that I wasn't meant to keep teaching in a classroom. 
when I left, what I had started to do was, well, I don't want to say started to do, but I went on, I had gone on an interview with a private tutoring agency um, that would place independent contractor tutors, teachers with students doing one-on-one work. 30 days after I quit my job and I had no job to go to, I mean, the minute I walked out that door, I had no more paycheck. I had no health benefits. I had nothing. I was living in New York City, paying New York City rent. Within 30 days, I got, uh, excuse me, the, the tutoring agency gave me one student to work with. Then they gave me a second student to work with. Then they gave me three students to work with. By March of 2011, I had started my first business called Teacher on the Go, where I was taking on my own private clients outside of this independent contracting work I was doing for this agency who, who brought me students. And that really put me on the path to what I'm doing now. And that's kind of the journey of where it where it started, where it kind of took off. So when you left that job and started tutoring, how, how long was it before you kicked off like that of your official own business around tutoring? How much time was that? Three months. Three wow. months. So it was like you left and like, and to, to me, I hear that. And so I'm like, okay, the fire is lit yes. <laughs> underneath you. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. And I know, like, I have an exact date pretty much. Um, so we could say it's a little bit over three months, but it was March 27th, 2011 that I'm calling like my official start date because I have mm. a photo that a friend took of me in his apartment in New York on that day. And I was holding a one sheet that I had created. It had, I had, someone had made a logo for me and it said teacher on the go. And it said all the services that I provided and my contact information. And that's what I was doing. And I was like handing these flyers out and making phone calls and like emailing people like, can your students use support? You remember me, I was your kid's teacher. Or we met at this place. I was meeting people on the subway <laughs> and talking to them about tutoring their kids. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I think like some of that story, I hear a lot actually from, from folks that, you, you know, you're in like a full-time job. It becomes soul crushing in some way or another. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's because the people you're working with, sometimes it feels just like a big soulless corporation that you become like a, a cog in the wheel of. Uh, sometimes it's just the work you're doing. There's all kinds of different reasons, but um, you know, a lot of people, and I know so many founders because of starting Lachel, uh, a lot of people, when they start their company, it's, you know, they were at a, another job working nine to five. They felt like it was just sucking the energy from them a lot of like what I hear founders say is kind of what you're saying. Like you get into this like depression and it's like, you feel like it's inescapable when you made that choice to leave. I'm curious to hear like kind of mentally, physically, when did that change? Like what was that process of going from that, that state of like feeling like you can't get out, like mm -hmm. soul being crushed, to mm -hmm. sort of feeling like I'm on to something. Yeah. And I think too, 
um, part, and let, let me make sure I'm getting this clear, as part of your question, like how did I finally make that decision to do that? I would love to talk about that too. I'm curious like how that, <laughs> how the decision was made. Um, I'm also just curious, like what was the impact after you made the decision? Uh, so I, I get like three months later, boom, it's like you're off to the races. You have this right. new business. Yeah. And yeah. And let's, let's, let's be clear that it wasn't all like rainbows and unicorns because <laughs> that's for sure. I'm a much different woman and a much different person than where I was then. Um, and even in those three months, that short span of time. But um, so let me back up because I can bring you sort of chronologically um, how I eventually made that decision. And mm. I'll preface this with making the decision to step in to go to work on a Monday morning and give two weeks notice to the principal of the school um, was not a pretty one. And it's uh, it's very vulnerable, but I think it's important to share because I sense that other people could probably relate to this. Mm. So during that time, um, I was what I think we could call like a weekend warrior where I would take my weekends and I would go out and have a really good time and drink a lot of alcohol. <laughs> and I was really in that like TGIF kind of thing, which I don't care for at all. When people are like, yeah, it's Friday. Woo. It's like, no, my life shouldn't be about Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like I'm living <laughs> yeah. my life right now. This is it. This is the real thing. This is not a dress rehearsal. Like this is it. And this is the only one I have. But during that time, that's what I was doing to feel good to try and find a way to feel good because I was so low. Yeah. And um, there was a, a Saturday in December where I went to a holiday party and I got so drunk. Um, I ended up going home, getting really sick all over my entire bedroom in my apartment, woke up the next morning and really had to kind of be like, what happened? and really start to re-piece the night before. Mm -hmm. And that was a signal that I was in some really, like I was in a rock bottom, my own sort of rock bottom. We all have different rock bottoms if you know, you've ever been there. And so there's that part, which is quite vulnerable and, and can feel embarrassing to share. And the other part was that my confidence in myself was so shot and I just so didn't want to make a mistake. And I so didn't want to disappoint anyone with any of my decisions that I remember speaking to my dad on the phone the Sunday before going into work and crying to him on the phone. Now, he didn't know I had gotten wasted that weekend, but just crying on the phone going, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm miserable. And my dad was like, so why don't you just quit? Just quit your job. And I think he was kind of tired of hearing me like be really down. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad is a business owner. Well, he's retired now, but he was a business owner himself. And he had to figure out a lot of things on the fly. And he was like, just quit. And I really took it to heart. And I thought to myself, if my dad, who I really look up to and has created his own successful business, if he's telling me to quit, it's okay. And I'll figure it out. And I quit based on that. Now, after that happened, I would say the first 
two to four weeks were pretty tough because that was also around the holidays. So mm. we were celebrating Christmas Eve at my parents' house and had a lot of family there. And I was so embarrassed and mortified. And I felt like a piece of you know what. And I felt like a loser because how could I tell my family that this, you know, prestigious uh teaching job that I had I left yeah so I kind of went into another low place but um but once I had that first student that the tutoring agency gave me that's when I really started to feel like myself again because mm. I was doing the work that I was built coded coded to do like naturally coded to do born to do is teach that's who I am I'm a teacher and I started working with this one student and I could feel so much better. It's like I found a path to continue making money, to continue working in a way that just had me feel so much better. And I didn't know where it was going to lead to. I had no idea, but I was just willing to stay focused on what was in front of me. This one student, then this student, then this student, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like you... It's, it was like that you got that first student and it's like that first validation in a way that you're onto something mm -hmm. and it like, it sounds, I'm, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. It sounds like it was sort of a moment of like the, it clicked and you're like, I like what I'm doing and I like that I'm doing it on my own terms really. Right. Yeah, Exactly. I think this is like a great segue to start talking about like the, the business mission, because that feels like sort of like a, maybe at the time it wasn't like this epiphany of like, I know what the mission is, mm -hmm. but then at least like there was this sort of subconscious, like, you know, I'm onto something feeling that I think most like entrepreneurs and founders, when you first have that, that moment, it's like, okay, I'm going to pursue this. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I love, I know you have an ebook on the number one step to staying with your business mission. I'd love to hear about like from your perspective, like how you kind of discovered that for yourself as you were going into your own business. And if you can just sort of like, you know, for, I think for any entrepreneur defining staying with that mission is an ongoing process, but maybe you can mm -hmm. kind of start talking about the steps to aligning that business mission and how it worked for you. Yeah. So you know, the, the little mini ebook that I have, the number one step to staying with your business mission, when I put that together and I was really thinking about it for myself and I, I was coming from a place of what has had me stay with this? Because at any point, any of us can stop and go get a job. Any of us can stop and go get the paycheck that shows up every single week at that same amount of money on that same day and feel that uh, I'm going to call it false sense of security and stability because you can also be fired at yeah. any time. <laughs> but when I was creating this, I was really coming from a space of what has had me be able to stick with this. And stick with this meaning, you know, the, the business that I created, it doesn't exist, meaning this all came from my heart and my soul and looking at what 
I wish I had had those first couple of years when I stepped out of my teaching job, mm. like the type of support I wished I had. And then I started thinking about what what's kept me going. Um, should I reveal the number one step? It might be helpful. Yeah, please. We're, <laughs> well, that's what we're all waiting for. Because <laughs> um, it's funny because part of me is like, well, it, the book is called The Number One Step. But so so what I have coined the number one step to saying with your business mission is the, the one word is intuition. And that might come as a big surprise. It's not finances. Um, it's not an amazing uh, CRM system. It's not an amazing team, although all of these things are part of when you're creating an amazing business and having your business flow and work and everything feel easy. But it's more of an inner energetic piece. So we we go through school, whether you you know, we do elementary school, we do middle school, we do high school. Some of us go on to college, some don't, doesn't matter if you do or you don't. But one thing that's I've, I've found really interesting over the years is that we are always taught in school to use our logic, to use our brains, which makes sense. But it's never ever taken into consideration how essential and vital it is as a human being to have a strong relationship with our intuition, which all of us have naturally. We all have intuition. We all have a connection to our, our gut or our heart, you know, whatever you want to call it. And when I think of, well, let me say it this way. A lot of women that I speak to will come to me and say things like, I, I'm not happy what I'm, with what I'm doing, but I know that this is not it. I know there's something else and I have some ideas, but I'm not 100% sure, but I know that this is it. And I have a feeling it's supposed to be this. Just like those sentences there, those thoughts, they're all they're all intuitively led because intuition is not based off of logic. It's almost like this sixth sense that we all have, that we feel. And it's so important to feel into things. And for me, when I think about this too, I make a picture in my mind from when I was in that classroom teaching and I just remember, I constantly got this feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be here. It's scary as anything. Cause you're like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not supposed to be here. I put myself through two years of graduate school. I took out massive student loans at, from NYU. I got a great education to become a certified professional general and special education teacher. But there's this feeling of like, this is not it. Mm. And it is so important that we follow that. Many people, dare I say, most people are not following their intuition with many of the life decisions they're making. You know, even going off of business for a minute, um, 
people who get into relationships and then get married. And a lot of times you'll hear from the, the man or the woman say, there was something when we first started dating that didn't feel right. Or I kind of knew that first year, but I figured like I should just keep going. Um, lots of things like that. Like that's just a constant in our world. So that number one step is definitely intuition by far. And if we can't connect into that, um, and if we're not listening to that, we are going to make decisions that are going to lead to um, things that we don't want it to lead to. We're going to get results that we don't want. Things will feel harder. Yeah, I like that kind of assessment that, like the way I think about this, um, I well, first off, I had never thought about that mission in terms of like, in intuition. Um, and when I think more about that, I'm like, you, you know, to be the best leader and to also be aligned, like with your actions and like your, your own thoughts and feelings. If you're pursuing a mission that intuitively feels wrong, you almost can't do it at a hundred percent. Cause That's like right. there's that part of your, your, person or whatever it is your soul maybe that can never fully buy in and then it's hard to get other people bought in if intuitively you don't believe like in that high level mission you're pursuing how are you ever gonna build a great team that's also convinced that you can realize that mission um now it's also sort of like there's this bit of like like a kind of mystical or like woo woo type of like <laughs> thing, which is like oh your mission needs to you have to have the intuition. Well, I I think most business owners like you know they'd say you got to go with your gut. I mean we're kind of it, it's similar things, right? If you have that into like you have that intuition, you're going with your gut. You you feel it, you know somewhere. Um, but then it's hard to know, like, well, how do I crisp that out into an actual sort of like mission statement? If I'm thinking about like the mission and the mission statement and like the guidepost. Um, so I'm wondering if like there are practical ways for business owners and entrepreneurs to build out a mission using that, that intuition. Yeah. I want to ask one, I want to ask one clarifying question for myself before I answer that, or maybe it's not a question. It's more of, so when I use the word mission, um, and to make sure that it's clear for everyone listening to, when I use the word mission to me, what that means is what are you really here to do? You know, what's the work in the world you're really meant to be doing and in the form of a business, because that's what we're talking about. And that's my work. Um, what is it that you're what's the work you're meant to be doing? Who are you meant to be serving and supporting? What is the service or product you're meant to be providing others? We're on the same page with that, right? Oh, I, I, yeah, th that's what I mean, too. <laughs> And now everyone else, whatever they were thinking, we're all we're all aligned. Us and okay, listeners, great. yeah, yeah. Got to make sure we're we're aligned. Yeah, hundred percent. So now I have a favor to ask you because I was just really I was stuck on that. Can you go back and ask me the original question you asked me, and now I can answer it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, when 
you, you kind of build a mission and it's sort of like, yeah, what, what, who am I meant to serve? What am I meant to do? What's sort of, what, what is the goal kind of I meant to like push forward or accomplish? Like, why am I here? Right. <laughs> is, is kind of like maybe another way to say it. If we want to get really like kind of existential, <laughs> yeah. why am I here? Um, and building that off, like, you know, I think we, we kind of talked about how, in, it needs to align with intuitively sort of and your, your intuition and that gut feeling you have on like, what, what is the right thing? What's the right thing for me to be doing? What do I need to be focusing on? What, who am I meant to work with? Yes. You know, what am, what am I meant to do you know, with this business? Um, and I'm wondering if there's sort of like, kind of like pr- uh, a couple steps or like yep. kind of practically speaking, how do we translate that? to our business. Yeah. So there's a couple of questions that I will share with folks when, um, when they're kind of in a space of, I'm not sure if this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing or what is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And these questions can help to just start to crystallize. They're just some baby easy steps to take. So there's uh, a couple of questions. And so if you're, you know, listening now, you want to grab a pen and paper or type on your computer. Um, You want to write these questions down, you want to answer them for yourself, you don't have to sit down and do it all together in one hour, you can spread it out. But the first question is, simply, but maybe it's not so simple. It really depends on where you're at. What am I passionate about? And you allow yourself when you're answering that question to write down whatever comes to you without censoring yourself, without judging yourself, without making yourself right or wrong. So if you're passionate about dogs, even though you're like, I would never have a business that has anything to do with dogs, just write it down. You just put it down because you never know where that could lead. I don't know what that word is meant to mean for you, but you write it down and you start to create a list. Then you ask yourself, um, what hardships have I overcome that I could help others overcome themselves. Now, when I'm using the word hardships, this runs the gamut. I mean, this can come from, well, I remember when I was 10 years old, I was bullied in school, but I really was able to come through that on the other side. To um, five years ago, I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, but I figured it out by doing this for example. And so you think of anything and you write them down. Then you take that question and you ask yourself, what hardships am I enduring right now that I know deep down I will overcome? So then you're looking at the present moment in your life, within your work, within your business, whether you already start a business, you're successful in business, you want to start a business. 
and you look at what's feeling hard right now, what's not working so well right now, what am I finding difficult, but I have a deep down knowing feeling, aka an intuitive feeling, I'm going to come through this on the other side. Mm. And you write that down. Then you ask yourself, what do I consider myself an expert in? We all have areas of expertise. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you're an expert at putting a diaper on a baby. I don't know. <laughs> but, you, but you write it down, right? You, you write that down because it's important to look at where, what are areas that I know I've got knowledge in. I know I'm good in this area that, because that's something that you could bring into your work. So if you're great at putting a diaper on a baby, that doesn't have anything to do with what the businesses you're supposed to have or grow. That's going to translate into a different, into a strength or skill that makes sense for you. Maybe you're just a very tactile type of person and you're really good. Or maybe you just have extreme attention to detail. Or maybe in high pressured situations when a baby's screaming and crying, like you know what to do and you can handle it. So that diaper goes on in, you know, three seconds. Um, and then the last question is, um, what, um, I want to just reword this as it's, as it's, it's a question that I've asked before, but I want to reword it just slightly. Um, what kind of work would I be willing to commit to? So in other words, what's something that you could see yourself doing? And it could be what you're doing right now. It could mm. be the business you have, or it could be the business you want to start, but what's something I'd be willing to commit to? You just need willingness, right? So like, I would not be willing to commit to becoming a doctor. It has no interest to me. It is not in my wheelhouse, although I do very much love serving and supporting people in feeling good about themselves and building their confidence. But being a doctor is something I couldn't commit to. What could I commit to? Teaching. And then that's very broad. Mm. And then, um, I mean, this is like pretty, this is awesome because it's super self-reflective and I think it will pull, it pulls out a lot of emotions around not only like what types of like potentially businesses you'd start and roles you would take, but I mm -hmm. think even if you're currently a founder, this exercise will also suss out sort of what the areas of focus should be for you and your business. Absolutely. That, right. Yeah. I've given these questions to people who all, who are already self-employed, who are successfully self-employed and people who are just starting off. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like I, I, I want to do this myself at some point, like maybe an evening this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the lateral journey of starting, it kind of reminds me of some of the conversations I had up early on with uh, one of my co-founders, Will, around like, well, how do we, you know, we, we kind of we co-founded it together. And Julian, who was our third co-founder, was sort of just like, it was always obvious, like, here's our like lead engineer. He's building, he's going to build. And then when it comes to like me and Will, it was like, okay, well, how are we going to split things up? We're very much sort of like a pair. We work, work together on many things, but you can't have two people owning the same domains. It's, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like this exercise would have helped there. I mean, this isn't like solo business, you know, I have founders, so I have the luxury Mm -hmm. to be able to say, how are we going to split things up? Mm -hmm. But you want to be able to, especially as you develop a business, you want to be able to focus on your strengths, right? And those passions. And I think this is, this is really awesome. So it sounds like when you start working with entrepreneurs, are you starting with this exercise? to like kind of set them up to know what routes they're going to go or when is like the right time to be doing this work? To answer these questions. Yeah. Yeah. To go through, answer these questions and do that reflection. Whenever, to be honest with you, um, you know, just hearing these questions, I would do them right away and see what they start to reveal for you. There really is no like right time for them. Um, with the folks that come to me and we start working together, I send them like, it's like two or three pages long of specific questions that I ask them to really get a sense of what's the vision that you have, right? What's the ideal outcome for you? And I don't, I don't just mean like, how much money do you want to make? It's, it's not even really about that. I don't, I don't even ask that question. It's what is it that you see for yourself? Where do you, where do you see yourself? What do you want for yourself? Mm -hmm. And in fact, when I connect with potential clients, I will always ask them, you know, if I could just like snap my fingers or wave a magic wand, and you could have anything you want in your business. Give me a picture of what one ideal day looks like for you. And I want you to tell me from when you wake up in the morning until you go to bed at night, tell me all the things that are happening, what you're doing, who you're seeing, how it's feeling, because that helps to start really crystallize this overall vision. So, Mm. and that helps us be able to go, okay, these are the things you want. Now we need to lay down the steps to get to those things that you want. And it doesn't have to, it actually doesn't have to be that hard. I think we can make a, we make it a lot harder than it has to be. Um, but it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah. It sounds like a, you know, it's, it's equal parts sort of defining like what a business is and actually defining as a founder or an entrepreneur or just like as a person what it is you're meant to do not only like in terms of like what are you supposed to build what kind of business should you run but what even do you do within that scope of that business is yeah i'm curious like when your clients are starting out um i'm sure you see tons of mistakes (laughs) every day and I'm sure people come to you because they're making mistakes and they're like, I need help. I need a coach. I need someone to guide me through this. Yeah. What, what are kind of like the common mistakes you see as people are like looking at leaving their nine to five and starting their own businesses? Um, you know, what comes to my mind is that it's not, it's kind of like, there's like kind of a couple answers to that. So like, it's not as much mistakes as making a shift from, going from an an employee type of role to an entrepreneurial type of role is not just a practical step-by-step, like here's the book, follow these steps and there you go. Yeah. It's really a mindset shift 
and an inner energetic shift. And, you know, you hear the term mindset a lot in the coaching industry and in many industries now. But to shift one's mindset really takes time and patience. Um, because if you're, if you're used to working for someone, if you're used to clocking in and clocking out, if you're used to, um, you know, someone saying, be here at this meeting at this time, for example, you got to turn these reports in, blah, blah, blah. You're actually being now required to create brand new patterns in your brain, to create a new, to create new neural pathways in your brain. And when the, you know, the brain creates these patterns and the patterns are going to bring us from point A to point B, but now you're being asked to have brand new patterns that are going to bring you from point A to point B, but in a much different direction. Mm-hmm. So what I see from the folks, from the women that I work with, um, the thing that's the hardest is actually taking the actions we map out and having them complete them and do them because all of a sudden this is new. It's like, what? You're giving me what to do and I have to do what? They're not, they're not necessarily saying that to me. They're like, this sounds great. Like, yes, I'm excited. I always ask them, how does this feel? This feels great. This feels awesome. You know, then a week, two weeks goes by and I'm checking in and they're like, I didn't do it. I, uh, this is, you know, what happened for me. And it's, and it's, it's, it's human nature though, because it's brand new Yeah. and, and our mind will be like, I don't want to do that. Like that feels scary. Or I don't, (sighs) what if I get it wrong or I don't know. And so we push it to the side because we just want to go back to that same pattern that we know because it feels comfortable. The same thing feels comfortable. Um, that is my answer to your question. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, it's the natural resistance to change that's just built into every human brain, it sounds like. You know what? I want to add something else, too. That could be like a, like you said, like a mistake, because this keeps, this intuitively keeps coming to me, Mm. is that, um, you know, and this, this might sound kind of, kind of nutty, but this is my belief and it's worked so far (laughs) and it's worked for the people I, I, you know, I teach it to is that some people will say, well, you know, I built my website. Like I'm not, I don't have this business yet, but I'm, or I'm building my website or I had someone design a logo for me and I'm really focusing on getting this logo and I'm focusing on the colors and I'm focusing on what it all should look like. Great. And have you talked to any potential clients? Have you met anyone? No, no, I haven't done that yet, but I've got the website or I'm building my following on Instagram or on Facebook. Great. Who have you talked to about your services? Well, so it's funny, even, you know, we're in such a technologically savvy time where everyone is tech everything and yeah. you know, your tech, like you, what you're doing and all this tech stuff. And it's great. And we have so much at our fingertips. But 
we're human beings at the end of the day. If I'm not having a conversation with someone else and sharing about the work that I'm doing and having it come out of my mouth and making some sort of connection with someone, we have no movement. Yeah. Yeah, I've found in my conversations too, even with like tech startups, the biggest thing that will stop them from actually starting the real business is that just total resistance that can hit to actually get on the phone, Mm -hmm. go knock on some doors or go to networking groups with the people that you actually want to do business with. Yeah. And even in, even in property management, most of our listeners, they're in like, trade shows and things and they're getting like best practices. So most of our listeners, they're good here, but even in property management, the thing that will kill a new property management company is not getting out to acquire the client. You get your website, you do all that. That doesn't help you. Like it's unbelievable how many giant management companies are built with the worst disgusting looking website I've ever seen and they're totally (laughs) crushing it (laughs) because like, it's not as important. (laughs) Yeah. No, some of these is like, they're terrible, but, but that's not what makes business work in property management. Like, yes, a website's important for anyone. You get SEO, you get people finding you. It's good for acquisition, but that's not, that's not like, the start of it. And I, I totally, totally feel that it's, I'm curious, like, cause there's going to be a ton of people listening to this that do have problems getting out to like interact with clients and like do yeah. some of the hardest work is, is that work. Do you Absolutely. have any things you, you say to your, your clients about like how to get over that hump and do that, do that really hard, painful? Yeah. Work? Well, you know, and it, and it can be a really big hump because um, it's scary to have to, you know, as we say, put yourself out there. It's vulnerable to talk about what you work, to, excuse me, talk about your work, to invite people to have a conversation with you, invite people to have a meeting because you have a service to provide or product to provide, etc. cetera. And um, there's no magical formula for that. But what there is, is practice. And even just looking at networking as practice, like I'm practicing going, I'm practicing just showing up. Um, And that could even be, I mean, we'll bring it down on a really micro level, could really be, I'm going to go to this networking event. And let's pretend, let's pretend that this person, so if you're this person listening right now, that you just feel so resistant to going to a networking event or whatever the event is, but I'm going to use networking as the example here. Mm. If you can just show up to a networking event, don't say anything. You don't have to say anything. Show up to one and just go for that one, one hour and a half or two hours. Then go home and ask yourself, how was that? Well, I showed up, I got dressed, I got in the car, I got on the subway, I got on the train, whatever, and I showed up and I went, I did it. That's something to be, that's something to acknowledge yourself for. Then now the question is, am I willing to go to another one 
Am I willing to say something? Am I willing to open my mouth? Okay, I'm going to go to another one. I'm going to book it in my calendar. I'm going to show up and I'm going to say something. And I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say something. Or you script out what you want to say before you go. These are all like the, these little tiny baby steps, which someone could be like, oh, that's who would do that? Like, that's stupid or that's silly. But we're human. And when we have resistance, the best way is to break it down into teeny tiny steps. And that's yeah. something I do with my clients. And plus within the work that we do, which, you know, I love because I mean, not just because I create it, but I love because I get with my clients and we build these things out. I just had a VIP day with a client last week and the networking just fell right off. She hadn't done any in a while mm. and she was worried about her marketing. I said, well, how's the networking going? I'm not going to any. I was like, all right, so we want to build that back in. And, you know, what can we do? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Just take that one step. And so that was, that was a, that'll be a week ago. That was last Friday. And she came onto our community forum and she goes, I went to an event and it was awesome. And it was only an hour and a half. And I got to share about what I did. That's awesome. Tiny baby steps. Yeah. We, uh, uh, yeah. So we, we have a whole sales team at, at Latchell. And I think one of the hardest things with like new folks on the sales team is like, make that first like warm call out to someone that's gotten a few emails from us. They've clicked around and it's just like so intimidating sometimes. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to like talk to this stranger now about this thing and we got to sell mm -hmm. myself the vision and learn, mm -hmm. learn about them. And it just seems so big. And, um, I, I love what you say about you break it down to baby steps. I mean, that's, you kind of, in sales, we try and do the same thing where it's like, hey, we're just going to start with a script and mm -hmm. you just want to get the first line out. That's it. Yeah. Say, hi, yeah. this is my name. This is what I'm doing. How's your day going? And let's just start yeah. there. And you, yeah. you build that, right? You build that confidence. You go a step further. You go a step further. And I think like that's, yeah, as long as we can all keep doing that, you eventually get to like that end state. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's about, you know, connect, just making a connection with someone, you know, just connecting with someone like you said, like, how's your day? Just connecting because at any of those types of events anyway, so many people are like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Do I have food in my teeth? What if I yeah. say something weird? What if not? Like, we're all thinking the same thing in some way, shape or form. Yeah, sometimes um, that's good to just remember, like, a if it's awkward for you, no matter how awkward of a person you are, it's also awkward for everybody else. They just have a tolerance to it that you don't, you know what I mean? I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all just building, build, building the tolerance and comfort with it. But um, yeah, I mean, we have a few minutes left and I want to give people a chance to hear about what it's like um, to go through that initial process of starting to do coaching with you. Um, and so maybe you can just kind of tell us like when, um, folks sign on to work with you and, and get coached, get from their nine to five to be an entrepreneur, what kind of like processes do you take them through in like, you know, those first couple sessions? Yeah. So, um, 
so a couple of things I think to share that are important. One is I take a two prong approach, meaning um, we do both inner work, which I'm sure you can tell because we've talked about intuition and mindset, and we do outer work, which are the practical, logistical baby steps to take. And so I'm, I'm always, that's first and foremost is really just sharing that with people. This is a two prong approach because if you're not looking for a two prong approach, I would not be the right person to work, you know, to support you. Um, and then within our work, um, I teach a six step process. The steps are not meant to go in chronological order, but these are the steps that everyone learns, um, that I teach to, that I speak to. The work I do is really unique also because the people that I work with get individual time with me. I do private coaching calls. Um, I do VIP days and everyone gets all of this. Um, we do what's called community-wide teaching and support calls. Those are once a month where the entire community comes together on Zoom and I am teaching brand new material. Um, I am receiving questions from everyone and everyone's being supported. Um, we also do um, twice a year, I do a big training with the entire community as well. And that's virtual too, where um, we go really in depth and there are experiential processes. I bring in again, new, new content that's relevant that I know everyone needs. Um, and then we have a community forum what I would say is really special about our community forum, this isn't like a Facebook group, and it's not even on Facebook. It's not a private Facebook group. This is a group that I am active in five days a week. So I am there to answer questions, to provide support in real time. And all of the, the women in the programs are providing support as well. So there is camaraderie, you feel safe, you feel um, seen, you feel heard, you feel taken care of. I've carefully designed that because um, that is no, that is how I know I want to feel when I'm within a program um, and I'm learning and I'm building a business. So I give that to all the folks that I work with. Mm -hmm. But, um, but again, those six steps, step by step, and I look to see where are you at in your process. And depending on where your process, I might say, okay, we're going to start with the step around uh, shifting from employee to entrepreneur, hmm. or we're going to start with the step that's simply called quit your job <laughs> if you haven't already, or we're going to start with the step that's called tap into intuition to stay the course. And I'm going to teach you all the tools that I have in my own, you know, uh, 10 and a half year old toolbox and everything I've learned along the way. That's awesome. Uh, I think at this point, people are probably wondering like, Hey, what are all the six steps? Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll leave them with, with that curiosity and interest <laughs> to get them talking to you. Um, I know you said you were going to share some, let's share kind of like a gift or promo with folks. So the this last question here is first, where can people learn more about you and actually start engaging with you if they're interested in coaching and yeah, feel free to share that promo too, so they can get access to that. Awesome. So let me first share the special promo, and then I'll tell you all the places you can find me and all the wonderful social media outlets. <laughs> um, so 
throughout the month of August until August 31st, um, I am running a special summer savings because I like alliteration, a special (laughs) summer savings discount on all of the non nine to five programs. So I offer three programs, three different ways to work with me. And there is a special discounted price until the end of August, again, August 31st. If you're interested in connecting with me to see if the non nine to five programs could be a match for you, I want to invite you to a one hour private clarity call with me. A one hour call, this is a $300 value where you and I will connect in privately. I will get to hear about what's not working with you on your self-employment journey. Um, I'll get to hear about the vision you have, and I will support you in laying down your next best step, and we will see if the non 9 5 programs are a match for you. So the way to uh, get that one-hour clarity call, I'm going to make it super simple. You're just going to go to my website, it's all spelled out, the non925.com. And you're going to click on Talk to Jen. And then you'll see another box to click on that says something like Clarity Call or Clarity Call Application. You're going to click on that. You're going to fill out your application. It's going to come directly to me. I'm going to personally review it. And then I will be in touch to set up your call. And then we can see if the work I do is a match for you. And again, um, in terms of stepping into one of the programs, that summer special, or I said it wrong, that special summer savings discount is good until August 31st. And then if you'd like to find me on uh, in other places, I'm on Instagram, the non 9 to 5. I'm on Facebook, the non 9 to 5. Um, and it's all spelled out in letters. Chen, thank you so much. This is awesome. Everyone that's listening, go sign up for that clarity call and figure out like how to make that entrepreneurship journey even better for yourself. Jen, thanks so much for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. It was. And we might have to have you back uh, after a few months when you do some clarity calls and have uh, some updates for us on anyone in property management that you're helping advance their uh, personal and business goals. Absolutely. I would love that. Awesome. And for everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Jen, thanks for joining us again. And for all the listeners, if you're interested in more topics on property management growth, scalability, and creating an efficient operation, head over to propertybrew.co and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Uh, There, we're going to focus on industry innovations, growth tactics for property managers, and all the tools you can use to build better Uh, businesses. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. 
Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.